Place to be Nation Wrestling. Welcome to episode number three of Before I Was a Mark. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and I am here again tonight. Uh, quick pod blast series that I started uh, a little bit ago to look at three matches that I have never watched or never seen that predate the time where I really started watching wrestling in late 1986. So tonight, um, we actually have three different title matches for three different titles. So with that, we're going to jump right into it. So our first match we're going to look at tonight is a team that was in the NWA uh, staple, uh, NWA World Champions, NWA Tag Team Champions, the Briscoe Brothers, as they actually go over to the WWF uh, to challenge Adrian Adonis, uh, pre the adorable gimmick that we all know and love from probably WrestleMania, um, where most people are familiar from WrestleMania 3, and Dick Murdoch, who, you know, what an odd team here you would think, uh, naturally, Murdoch and Adonis, based on at least later watches that I had in terms of how I viewed Adonis, and Murdoch, I think, has always been Murdoch, but I found this to be an interesting team, and this is for the WWF Tag Titles from January 12, 1985. And it is from the Philadelphia Spectrum, and you can find this on YouTube. So <clears throat> a little bit of history here. Adonis and Murdoch are known as the North-South Connection. Uh, there used to be an East-West Connection with Ventura and Adonis, but uh, Don uh, Ventura had to retire due to injuries. Uh, this team debuted in late 83, and it had defeated Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas on April 17, 1984 for the tag team belts. As I said earlier, Briscoe's both won them for their NWA runs. Uh, but basically what happened is they were not happy with the Georgia Championship Wrestling Direction and were mi minority stakeholders. Along with Paul Jones and Jim Barnett, they sold their shares to Vince. So they actually debuted in the fall of 1984 for the WWF. Um, and as I stated, not the Adonis I remember in 86. And Murdoch, I always knew predominantly from the NWA. So if I really start where I started my actual watches, that's where those two were. Uh, the announcers announced that George Thorogood is here, so nice uh, dated reference there. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Dick, uh, are, and, uh, Dick are, God, I can never remember his name. Uh, but Dick are on commentary. This is also a rematch from a non-title match that the Briscoes had won sometime back on TV. So we will jump right into the match. So there's lightning quick arm drags and body slams to Adonis by Jerry to start, followed by a quick figure four by Jack on Murdoch. Uh, Jack works over Murdoch's leg and knee. There's a missed tag spot to Adonis as Murdoch top on one leg, which I thought was very funny. Jerry tags in and keeps working Murdoch's leg. Adonis finally tags in. Uh, then there's a headlock by Jerry, multiple shoulder blocks between the two. Elite frog by Adonis, but Jerry takes him down by his leg again. They roll outside where um, Adonis does an atomic drop to the barricade on Jerry. Briscoe gets a sunset flip into the ring for two. Then there's a tag to Murdoch who chokes Jerry with the rope, which was hidden from the ref. Murdoch punches, does a bunch of punches, kicks, and elbows. Briscoe fights back, but Savage, Murdoch knees to the throat, keep him from really getting any kind of, you know, comeback going. Uh, Adonis goes, uh, later on, Adonis goes to the top rope and misses a splash. There's a figure four. Adonis rolls to the rope. Jerry tags in the jack. Uh, he beats up both heels. There's a backdrop to Adonis. Sends Adonis into the corner upside down. Then there's a figure four. Murdoch goes to save, but Jerry attacks Murdoch, allowing Ref to push Jerry back to the corner. Murdoch goes outside and grabs a chair and hits Jack with it, breaking up the figure four and allowing Donis to get the pin for three. So um, some might not like this match. There's a lot of long limb work in it at the start, but I thought it really picked up, especially when Jerry was to face some peril in this. I thought it was really good stuff. Really like both teams. And actually, I'll probably revisit both teams again later on in this pod series. But I actually went three and a quarter stars. Um, after this match, Adonis and Murdoch actually lost the belts to Barry Wyndham and Mike Rotundo nine days later. 
And actually, the Briscoes would soon retire from the ring. So this match runs about 18 minutes. You can track it down on YouTube, and I highly recommend that you seek it out. So that's match number one. Our second match of the night, we are going to Japan, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite areas to kind of go back and research uh, because I had zero, zero uh, insight into Japan. Uh, I would probably say my Japan stuff really came in when I realized that the Road Warriors had gone over to Japan and won tag belts, but they never won a tag belt uh, in the U.S. side, but I think they went over and won one of the Japan tag team titles and they started showing up on NWA TV with them in 1987. So that's how I knew about there was an actual Japan wrestling and as I've stated before with YouTube Roulette, I've really started getting into some Japan matches, particularly with um, the likes of Stan Hansen and um, Terry Funk, uh, Dory Funk. Um, just really some good stuff there, which I know we'll have a lot of those to talk about in future pods. But tonight, uh, it is Harley Race, and this is from 1031-1983 Japan, defending the NWA title versus Mid-South's Ted DiBiase. So a little background on this one. Uh, Harley Race is a little over three weeks from his defense against Flair at Starcade 83. DiBiase, as stated, is an established star in Mid-South. Um, so a couple things about the match. So DiBiase comes in with a random Italian stallion row, which I thought was really weird. Not really sure the correlation between DiBiase and Rocky. Harley is actually out in the same red and blue that he actually wears at the Starcade, that robe at Starcade 83. After entrances, we do get a quick cut to DiBiase with a headlock on Race. Race actually gets a flying head scissors on Escape, which actually shocked me. Race is kind of... A big guy at this point in time, so see him do a head scissors was pretty shocking to me. Uh, but DiBiase goes right back to the headlock after those head scissors. Harley gets vicious with the headbutts and a falling slam. There's a nice pile driver for two. DiBiase blocks and hits a suplex. Uh, DiBiase at this point is bleeding and misses an elbow. Uh, there's a shoulder block collision that sends both men down, which um, a bit of a botch as Race tried to go over the top rope, but didn't have enough on the collision to get over. Race is thrown into the ring post. Uh, fall aside, they falls outside, race back dropped on floor. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a butterfly suplex by DiBiase, a nice sitting clothesline, a pile driver for two, and then race gets a crossbody off the rope for a two. Uh, race gets some absolutely sick headbutts here and does a knee to gain control. DiBiase gets a sleeper on a drop down on a suplex attempt. Uh, race flips him out of the ring. Race gets a absolutely savage brain buster on the floor. He misses a headbutt from the apron. Race suplexes Ted back in the ring, but Ted falls on top for two. Harley with a backside for two. There's a punch off. A figure four to Race gets to the ropes. DiBiase yanks him off. There's a ropes, a snapmare, multiple knees and elbows to the leg, a spinning toll hold. Uh, Harley escapes um, another headbutt and goes to the top rope. Thrown off, and he's thrown off by DiBiase. Another toe hold. Uh, he's kicked off and sent over the top rope. Race goes to suplex him in, but Ted drops behind, throw Race into, uh, race into the ropes, and hits an awesome power slam. Uh, he goes for the toe hold, again, hold, toe hold again, but Race gets a small package for the three. Uh, guys, holy shit, this match uh, was nonstop greatness. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm, this might be a shit take, and some might say, Sean, you're crazy. Uh, this match was actually better than the Flair match at uh, Starcade 83. Um, I would ask you to go watch this match for great wrestling. Uh, someone on Cage Match gave this three stars. I'm calling bullshit on it. I found this match to be four stars, so go find this on YouTube as well. So Harley Race versus Ted DiBiase for the NWA title from 1031 Japan, uh, 1983. So our third and final match of this quick pod blast, we are also going back to Japan, and we are going to August 17th, 1979, and we are going to watch Tatsumi Fujinami versus a Dynamite Kid. 
Uh, this is actually, I said Japan. This is actually filmed in uh, Stampede, but it does have Japan commentary. This is also um, on YouTube as well. So I'd always heard about Dynamite's Japan run with Tiger Mask in my later years as a fan, so I thought I would watch this one. Fujinami is champ, and actually doing some research on this, found out he defeated Jose Estrada for it at M Madison Square Garden on January 20th, 1978, and he took it to the Japan where he became the premier junior, uh, it became the premier junior title in Japan. The belt had been retired since 1972 until the actual match with Estrada and Fujinami. Uh, Dynamite at this point was primarily wrestling in Canada for Stu Hart, but he had also frequently toured Japan. Um, interesting look to the ring here, especially the ropes. Uh, kids works over uh, Dynamite Kid works over Fujinami early with stiff shots into a headlock and an armbar. Really intense looking visual on the arm work. Uh, Fujinami gets a leg takedown and works over the leg and knee. Awesome looking backdrop by Fujinami. Just very quick, lightning, fast looking like. Uh, then a nice drop kick. The crowd is super hot for Fujinami. Dynamite Kid spears Fujami, uh, Fuj Fujinami's leg and works over the leg. Stiff forearms to Dynamite Kid. Uh, there's a butterfly suplex for two. Fujinami gets control and then there's a snap nare, snap nare to uh, Kid's leg. Then a snap leg drag. More leg work. Kid stands on one leg, and there's another quick leg drop. Fujinami wraps up the knee and does a fall into an Indian deathlock on the leg, which looks absolutely brutal. Uh, there's multiple leapfrog spots, and the two collide as Dynamite hits a leaping shoulder block, knocking both down. They both go for drop kicks at the same time and miss. Fujinami gets a uh, surfboard, but the Dynamite Kid gets to the ropes. There's chops of forearms between the two until Kid hits a brutal stiff headbutt. You can actually hear the thud on impact, which... Kind of goes with the mojo of what you hear about Dynamite Kid in terms of his intense ring work and what led to some of his issues later in life. Kid tries to pin Fuji, uh, Fujinami's shoulders down, but Fujinami lifts up. Um, so Kid, uh, Kid jumps up and down on top of him to continue to keep his shoulders down, which I thought looked really good from an impressive strength standpoint. <clears throat> Dynamite Kid leaps up to force the shoulders down, but Fujinami gets a leg scissors around Kid and locks it in. Dynamite Kid forces his way out by putting pressure on both of Fujinami's knees, which I thought looked really good, and turned it into a half crab. Dynamite Kid gets multiple knees and boots to Fujinami. Small package for two. Fujinami with a gut wrench out of nowhere for another two. Fujinami then grabs the leg, but Dynamite Kid gets an Insinguri here in 1979, which I thought was really impressive. I don't ever remember seeing an Insinguri. <clears throat> um, I can't imagine doing this way back when, so it's pretty amazing. Fujinami uh, is thrown outside. Dynamite Kid gets a sleeper, multiple forearms, multiple pen attempts, uh, headbutts to the back. He locks Fujinami into ropes and charges from the other side of the ring, but Fujinami moves and Dynamite crouches himself into ropes. Dynamite Kid is bleeding pretty heavily from the nose at this point. There's a Fujinami drop kick and a Dynamite Kid body slam goes up top. Fujinami hits him with the drop kick in midair, sending him outside. Uh, Fujinami does a, diving, uh, does a dive through the ropes, uh, colliding with him. They both fight outside and we end up with a double count out. Um, so... You know, kind of a bad ending here. Um, he didn't get a really good ending with the double countout. But this match, for me, I'm thinking about 1979. And if I was like a six-year-old kid watching this, this match was way ahead of his time. And I actually couldn't believe some of this was happening in 1979. So it's a definite slow spots. But I thought the limb work looked really good and stiff. For a 1979 junior match, <clears throat> this is actually really great. And really makes me want to go back and watch some of Dynamite's kids' uh, later uh, stuff in Japan, uh, maybe some of the Tiger Mask stuff, which we'll probably do on this show at some point. So I actually went three and a half stars on this one. So <clears throat> so what I'll tell you is, so these three matches tonight, uh, really, really go out of way to find these. Uh, really impressed by the house show match between the Briscoes and uh, eight Adonis and Murdoch. It was good to see 
Adonis pre-adorable Adrian in a tag team with Murdoch, who I've already stated once on another one I wa match I watched with him against Terry Gordy that I thought, man, he's for the way he looks, his appearance, and my perception of how old he looks in his matches, he's always looked the same age. He's like Arn Anderson with that. Uh, really, really nimble in the ring and really, really good. Um, so that one was 3.25 stars, the DBIAC versus race match. Um, yeah, I really went out on a limb and said it was better than a Starcade 83 match with race and flair. I went a full four, four stars on that. And Tatsumi Fujinami versus Dynamite Kid for the WWF Junior Heavyweight title. Um, technically, it has Japan commentary, but it's in Stampede and it's three and a half. So those are all on YouTube uh, for you to go watch. I highly encourage you to go watch all of them. They are all really, really great matches and just something different if you haven't really gone back to the some of the gold years pre-86 of professional wrestling. So anyway, that's all we have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this quick pod blast. Um, you can obviously listen to all the material on Place to Be Nation Wrestling. Uh, you can hear me over on other shows like Highway to the Impact Zone, where we're currently we're looking at 2005 TNA. You can find me on NWA Crock and Roll, where we go back and look at 86... Um, the 85 to 88 run of Jim Crockett Promotions. So uh, that comes out every two weeks. Uh, you have YouTube Roulette, uh, Wrestling Chicken Salad, uh, Through the Looking Glass. I mean, there's just uh, the original Place to Be Nation Wrestling podcast series with JT and Scott. So a lot of good stuff to listen to here. Um, also check out the North-South feed, um, the, and the Jenny position, and also Pop Goes to the Couch, where we do a lot of pop culture things over there. Um, usually around the, the series that pop on on Netflix or Disney Plus where, you know, we've done Moon Knight, we've done all the Marvel series, we've done Boba Fett, we've done Mandalorian. So uh, definitely go check all that out. So with that, I am Sean Kidd. I will see you next time on Before, the, Before I Was a Mark. Good night, everybody. been watching All-Star Wrestling, produced by the Minneapolis Boxing and Wrestling Club in wrestling arenas throughout the world. Executive producer, Vern Gagne. American Wrestling Association Sports Presentation.